Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. Hey everyone, this is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast. Welcome to the Euro K Mental Fitness Studio. I would like to thank our sponsors, Ned Siegfried, Luke Peterson, and Todd Bradford with Siegfried and Jensen, Mark Richards with Wasatch Recovery, Colby and McKenzie with Thread Wallets, Drew Peterson with First Digital, Greg Jackson with Mountain West Spine and Orthopedics, and Travis Whitaker, the owner of Living Recovery Interventions. And also, I'd like to give a shout out to Paul Cardall. The music that you hear at the beginning and the ending of these episodes is by Paul Cardall. He's an amazing person, and he's been one of my heroes for years. So thanks to all my sponsors and Paul Cardall for believing in me. I love you guys so much. Please enjoy this next episode. Uh, Max Hall joins us today, uh, the former BYU quarterback, NFL player. Many of you know him as the, you know, the most uh, winningest QB at BYU, uh, an amazing uh, you know, athlete, but also, more importantly, I'm an amazing person. And Max, I can't thank you enough for sitting here with me today. And uh, it's just truly an honor to, to actually be sitting here with you. No, I, I appreciate that, man. I'm glad, I'm glad you reached out and we got to do this. And, uh, it's kind of like what we were chatting about earlier. I yeah. love guys who are willing to share their story and, and use it in a positive way. So love the vibe, man. And, uh, it'll be a fun conversation. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Well, let me give you a little background for those who may not know Max. Um, he's currently the offensive coordinator at American Leadership Academy, Queen Creek, He's married to his beautiful wife, Mackenzie, and has two amazing children, Rex and Hayden. He also recently opened up his own substance abuse counseling center in Mesa, Arizona called Victory Recovery, which we're going to talk more about. Um, he's aiming to give back and to help those struggling with mental health and addiction. Um, he's got his own podcast, uh, Agents of Recovery, and uh, which is really cool. We're going to promote that as well. Um, he's doing a lot of good. He loves coaching. It's one of his favorite things to do. And he's been through a lot and, you know, he's with all his successes with the, you know, with football, he's also had a lot of, um, you know, you know, setbacks and some things that he's had to, you know, overcome and come through and uh, he's struggled with addiction and his, his story is really remarkable and it's just great to see him make it throughout the other side and now he wants to give back and make a difference in this world so so again you guys were in for a treat today max is an amazing individual and i'm grateful that he's on the show i'd like to start max you know um for those who may not know just maybe tell us where you grew up and a little bit about your family as you were growing up yeah so i mean i was born and raised uh in mesa arizona um most of my family is there on my mom's side my dad's side came from vegas but Okay. Um, had a lot of family here. You know, I grew up in a very, um, you know, a very athletic family, I guess you could say. My grandpa was an All-American at ASU and okay. um, my uncle Danny White, they both have their jerseys retired and their numbers up in the stadium, right? Yeah. So grew up in that environment, grew up in sports, had, had a had a great dad who not only taught me a lot about sports, but life and, and um, you know, uh, faith and everything. And had a great mom. So, I mean, I had a great childhood, like really, and great parents, I had great siblings and 
played sports and um you know my upbringing was was pretty awesome you know it's you know yeah. we'll get into it later i never thought i'd have the struggles in life that i did <laughs> yeah. with with where i came from and where i grew up but you know sports were a big deal football was a big deal and it's kind of funny i was actually um my first love is basketball oh, okay. i thought i was going to go to asu and be a basketball player and oh really um you know i'm i ended up being able to throw a football better than shoot a basketball so <laughs> i ended up playing football so was able to go to ASU right out of high school, went on an LDS mission when I came back. It had everything to do with the environment for me because I struggled yeah. at ASU in the environment. Um, yeah. You know, first time out of the house and I'm in the dorms and there's parties and um, oh yeah, uh, kind of that's when I, there was a little bit of dabbling. And um, but so when I got home off my mission, I'm like, I can't go back to that. And BYU called me and said, hey, we heard you're back. We still got a scholarship for you. And so it was a no-brainer for me to end up going to BYU. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. I had a friend who went to ASU, and and he said it was crazy. Like, uh, like it's Monday, and there's a party going on, and it's like, hey, it's Monday. What's going on here? And oh, and so yeah, the environment was pretty crazy. But uh, so yeah, that's that's how did you feel that BYU reached out? I mean, uh, you probably grew up, uh, you know, maybe even thinking about playing for them. How did that go? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of, it's funny. I, I did not grow up a BYU fan. Really? I, I was an ASU <laughs> fan. It's not like I was a BYU hater. Right. But I was just, why was it? I was ASU. I grew up go, going all the games and all that. So I never really thought like, yeah, I want to go play at BYU because I was so set on ASU. Yeah. But they were in, BYU was in my top three. And so it yeah. meant the world to me when I got home and they called because, yeah. um, I needed that at that point in my life. And here, here's an interesting story, Todd, that I, I, I don't tell all the time, but when I got home off my mission, I, I came home early from my mission. And so when okay. I got home, I was trying to decide what's next. And okay. I knew I couldn't go back to ASU because of the environment. So I actually decided I was done playing football. Like no I, I was done. Wow. I was going to go to Mesa community college and take some classes and move on in my life. And all Paul Tidwell, coach Tidwell called me from BYU and Hey, we still got a spot for you if you want it. And, uh -huh. uh, sorry about that. We still got a spot if you want it. And, um, I went up there and, and met Bronco and the team and went to a fireside and I said, yeah, this is it. So oh, made the transfer. Wow. And, you know, again, I mentioned this in the, in the, in the intro that, you know, you're the win winningest QB in BYU history. How does that, does that, when you hear that, does that just kind of blow your mind? Cause think of all the amazing QBs that have gone through that school, right? I know. I mean, it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's an honor. And I was also very blessed to play on some very good teams. Like right. some of the best teams I think to come through BYU, in my opinion, and yeah. guys like Austin Colley and Dennis Pitta oh, and Harvey yeah. and Andrew George, and I could name off all of them had a yeah. ton of weapons and we were explosive on offense. And um, so we, we had a good group and won a lot of games. And so, you know, sure. I, I work with Ty Detmer now and he's oh. the head coach here at the school. I'm the offensive coordinator. And um, it's so fun working with him because he's got such a great mind and we're, we see eye to eye on a bunch of things, but I'll always kind of, I'll always kind of give him some, some crap because yeah, yeah, he has a lot of the records. He has the yards and the touchdowns <laughs> and all that. Yeah. I go, but, but, but Ty, what's the most important stat? <laughs> Does it really matter if you throw for all those yards, if you're not yeah. winning games? And so he's like, and Ty's such a good dude. He just smiles. Yeah. I, I cherish that record. And, um, cause winning was 
meant everything to me at the time. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. was, I was a winner and I was willing to put in the work to, to be very successful. So um, it's, it's an honor. And honestly, I think it's going to be <laughs> tough to break because not a lot of, not a lot of QB sure. college are playing three years now. Yeah. So yeah, it might stand the test of time, right? That's, might. that's, that's really cool. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, a lot of people looked up to you. I know there's a huge rivalry in Utah here with you and uh, Utah and BYU and, you know, Utah fans can be pretty, pretty tough and pretty brutal. And I know you took some heat, uh, sure. especially with uh, through some of your struggles and stuff. And so, but we'll get into that in a minute, maybe if we want, but you know, you get drafted, you know, you go to the Arizona Cardinals, if I, if I have mm -hmm. it correctly. And you know, you got the chance to play and boy, you were, you were a gutsy player, man. You, you would put your head down and you would get hit hard and this and that. And there was one particular play, I think, where you're almost to the goal line and uh, you get hit really hard. I think you ended up getting a concussion and, but you kept playing, right? Yeah. You're, you're like, no, keep me in coach. I'm, I'm good. I'm fine. And, uh, and I think, you know, that's maybe kind of the start of where things started to turn for you. So why don't you, in your words, explain what was going on and, and maybe explain that play to us. Yeah, man, it was such a whirlwind because, you know, I, I thought I was going to get drafted. I really did, you know, maybe yeah. six round or something like that. I thought I'd get a chance. And I had a couple of teams calling me, hey, we're going to take you in the fifth. And then yeah. the fifth round goes by. We're going to take you in the sixth. And so ended up not getting drafted, which draft day sucked for me. I was one of those guys waiting around that never got a call. But oh. I had three teams reach out, uh, Arizona, Cincinnati, and um, uh, Philly. Okay. And I said, hey, it would be so cool to go back home and be on the Cardinals, hometown, all that stuff. So yeah. made the decision and um, did really well. And I was the four-string guy, but I just, you know, I tell people all the time how I did it. I just worried about me. So I didn't worry about the other quarterbacks. And if yeah. they threw a touchdown pass being like, Oh man, whatever. I just worried about me and getting better every single day. And there's, there's multiple lessons in what I'm about to say. If it was a pass play, I was going to have great footwork, great timing, deliver yeah. the ball. If it was a run play, I was going to hand off the ball, do the best fake I could carry out. And that just started adding up. And then yeah. I got to playing some of the preseason games and did well. And next thing I know, week four, they throw me in it versus San Diego and I'm able to take over. So yeah, my first start versus the saints was a big deal and we were yeah. able to win the game, but right before halftime, I took that hit. And it's kind of funny if you Google or get on YouTube and say Max Hall KO, you can find that hit. <laughs> Max right. Hall it's pretty KO. popular. <laughs> kind of funny. Right. But um, yeah. I was out. And um, I remember Larry Fitzgerald, he picked me up and he's kind of shaking me as I'm coming to. And I'm like, mm -hmm what happened? You know? And he's like, don't worry about it. We scored, you know? <laughs> well, I didn't realize that I fumbled and the left tackle picked it up in the end zone. So I'm thinking <laughs> I scored, you know, right. I'm like, oh, sweet. Next day in film <laughs> wasn't the case. Right. But uh, so that was the start for me. And um, I've, I've done some research and I've talked to people about uh -huh. the effects of concussions and addiction. Yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, the next week for Seattle, I got knocked out again. And this is before the NFL wow. concussion protocol. So two right. weeks in a row, I'm out cold. And what happens when you have a uh, concussion is it is it it hinders your dopamine release. Mm. So you're not getting satisfaction in the normal things that would make you happy. You know okay. what I mean? Like food yeah. doesn't taste as good and mm. jokes aren't as funny and you're kind of in this fog depression. Yeah. And because you're not getting that dopamine release, 
people seek it through substance. So right. that's why there's a lot of ex players that are alcoholics or addicts because of that. Yeah. And so then uh, about, I think four or five weeks after my second concussion, I dislocate my shoulder. So I'm still in this fog. Now I'm in physical pain with my shoulder and I have access to pain meds. Yeah. And um, I had taken Percocet, you know, a few times before and I felt great. You know what I yeah. mean? So I start taking these things and it just numbs everything out. You know, I'm sitting here. I think my career is over. My shoulders jacked up. I'm yeah. depressed because of the concussions and my world just started spiraling down. Yeah. And the only way that I knew how to make it better was to self-medicate. And so yeah. next thing I know, three days, I used a 30 day supply of Percocet gone in three days. And now I'm calling people that I know to see if they can get it. And it just took off from there. And my addiction just got worse and worse, you know, over the next few years. Wow. You know, and, and that's a very common story. You know, people get injured They're Now they're taking some opiates to, for the pain. And, yep. and all of a sudden they realize, wow, this is also helping me feel better even mentally. And maybe this is the answer to my depression and things like right. that. And so, so yeah. So did you know when you first started, you know, taking the opiates and all that stuff, did you, were you worried or cautious at that moment? Were you like, boy, this feels really almost too good. And maybe I should be take this slow. Or were you like not thinking of any of that at that point? I was hundred percent gas on the pedal. Let's go. Yeah. I, okay. I, I loved it because when I took it, everything was okay. Okay. Like it didn't yeah. matter what was going on. I was high and I just felt like I could get through the day without all the other stuff that I was going through. It just numbed everything out. And, um, but the problem was, is it got worse and worse as my tolerance went on. Next thing I know, I'm taking 350 to 400 milligrams of oxy a day. And now I'm into cocaine and other stimulants to keep me yeah. up. And it just spiraled. And if, if you don't know a lot about opiates and addiction, opiates, one of the worst drugs you can take because of the physical addiction that you get to it. Yeah. So the dope sick, like, yeah. The anxiety of being dope sick and all that kind of goes with it to where now I'm just using to be normal. Yep. I get a little bit of a, I get a buzz still, but it's just to, I don't want to be dope sick throughout the day. I can't function. So the yeah. next year with the Cardinals, I'm hopped up on pain meds while I'm trying to play. Wow. And, um, you know, and so it was destructive, man. It just, in what addiction does to you is it just, it, it makes you a very selfish person. And yeah. all I cared about for five years in my addiction was finding drugs and using drugs. First thing I thought about in the morning, last thing I thought about at night. And that's a pretty crappy way to live your life. And I did that for five years and just ruined relationships. And, you know, there, there's a there's a saying that addiction takes the soul of the addict and breaks the hearts of all their loved ones. Addiction wow. took my soul. Like yeah. I was dark. I was yep. gone. And, um, Man. it was, it was sad and looking back at it, it sucks talking about, but it was so destructive in my family and everything I was doing. I was just self-medicating because of emotional and physical pain. Yeah. Wow. So when you knew your career was over in the NFL, was this at the height of, of this is what you're talking about when you're, you know, you're soulless basically, and just in that dark space, um, yeah. you also know that your career's over, correct? Yeah, that's what I thought, you know, and going into my second season, 
even though I'm on pain meds, um, I played good. <laughs> I was playing yeah. good still. And, um, yeah. but, I, but I was losing weight. I wasn't as strong. I just wasn't. Mm. Yeah. So in the preseason, my second year, I dislocated my shoulder again. Mm. And that's when it really turned. It really got bad because now I knew now I'm thinking my NFL career is over for sure. Yeah. And, um, I'm in pain. I'm not around the team anymore. I'm just floating and using, and it was the only thing I had to self-medicate and it just got really, really bad. I'm spending a ton of money buying it. I'm all driving all over the place. I'm sitting in parking lots, waiting for guys. I'm just in this really crappy yeah. world and yeah. I was just stuck. Couldn't get out. Wow. Well, at, and so are you married to Mackenzie at this point? Yeah. She stuck with me. Yeah. So do you mind if I ask, you know, how, how is she handling this, seeing you and knowing that you're, you're in this, you know, dark place? So I, I think most of us would say this about our wives, but she's an absolute rock star, man. Mm -hmm. She to, to put up with me for those five years. And, you know, Kenzie didn't know a lot about addiction. She didn't know what was going on right, yeah. as an addict. I was manipulating and lying and telling her everything mm -hmm. was okay. And yeah, I'm stopping and all that stuff. I just, fed her lies to keep it going. But the best thing that happened to me, and is it's weird to say this, but I got arrested. And it was the yeah. best thing that could have happened to me because wow. I was, I was convincing my, my parents eventually kind of found out what was going on. And I was convincing everybody that it had to stay a secret. Otherwise it was going to ruin me. Yeah. And so we just kept this secret, but now the secret's out. I was arrested. It hit the news. I'm all over newspapers and social media and people are mugshot yeah mugshot with a byu shirt on i mean it yeah. doesn't get any more embarrassing than that and um you know i tell people all the time that as a football player as a quarterback man i was tough i was passionate yeah. I, I would take hits and get back up sure. play through concussions like i had all this toughness in me when i was arrested like addiction knocked me on my ass and i did not want to get back up for the first time in my life i'm just like i'm done like i just lost everything so I remember sitting in the back of that police car, I'm handcuffed, I'm bawling. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how did I get here? Like, how, yeah. what the heck happened? I went from being this awesome quarterback at BYU, starting for the NFL Cardinals, sitting in the back of a police car, freaking drug addict right now. Like, I'm in my mind, my wife's gone, my relationships. And so I remember that happened on a Saturday. It hit the news on Tuesday because Monday was a holiday. Yeah. When it hit the news... And it came out. I remember uh, I was sitting in a parking lot somewhere. I was completely just embarrassed and, and destroyed at that point. And I, I had the thought of maybe life's not worth living anymore. And yeah. um, the first and luckily the only time in my life I was really contemplating, like, is it worth fighting? And um, but I made the decision because it was either die or fight for me at that point. Right. And um I was lucky enough to have some people and coaches and reach out and help me get to a rehab and they saved my life, you know, but, wow. uh, my secret was finally out and now I was able to go get help. Wow. Yeah. I'm sure I can't even imagine Max how that, I mean, the mug shot with the BYU shirt on, Yeah. I mean, the lowest of lows. I mean, here you are the winningest QB in history at BYU to now you're in the back of a cop car. I can't even imagine 
the pain and the the shame and the guilt you were going through in that moment. And, and anyone listening to this would understand why you had thoughts of, you know, maybe ending your life and not being here anymore, you know, but you, you said something really amazing at the beginning of this part of your story. And I want to, I want you to talk about this. You said getting arrested and going to jail and even having the mug shot and all that stuff was the best thing that ever happened. Yes, it led to to you getting some help, but talk more about that if you don't mind, because people listen to this will be like, how is that the best thing? You know, yeah. how is that the best thing? Do you mind talking a little bit more about that? Sure. Um, it was, here's the thing, you know, there's a saying in recovery that secrets keep you sick. Yeah. And, and they really do. So this secret that I had, I was convinced that I could keep a secret and no one would find out. And in my yeah. mind, I'm like, yeah, I can stop whenever I want. Right. But I, I, I couldn't, I, I would lock myself in the bedroom for days, try to get through it myself, the withdrawal. And I would last two days and be like, screw this. I'm out. Right. So it was this vicious cycle and I, I couldn't get out of it. So the only way for me to get out of that was something need to happen to me. Yeah. I, like me getting arrested finally was like, I don't have a secret anymore. Everybody knows what I've been doing. Right. And so that's when it comes back to, I had no choice either to die. I, well, my choice was either die or fight, give up or get yeah. up. And um, that's why it was so important. And, and I went to rehab and finally a few weeks later, I had a conversation with my wife because I was scared to talk to her. I didn't, I thought she was gone. Yeah. And so I, I was scared to talk to her and she finally talked to me. She goes, Max, I am so happy that you are where you're at right now. I love you. I want to fight with you. And Dang. that changed my world when, when I felt like, Hey, I got a wife who's willing to fight with me. I have coaches and teammates and parents and in-laws that are supporting me and want me to get better. I needed that team. Yeah. I needed those people. And Kenzie, to her credit, got worked on herself. She, she studied mm. addiction and learned okay. about it and read books. And she started yeah. seeing a counselor and she did her own self-work, her yeah. own self-help and stopped being codependent on me. And, um, that was the way she made it through. If she hadn't have done that for herself, I don't think things would have worked out, but yeah. because she matured and got her own help, she was able to help me and, and, and put up boundaries and do things. And so, um, that never would have happened unless the arrest happened and everything was out. Who knows where I'd be today? Let's say yeah. I never got arrested. I, I, who knows if I'd still be using it or not? Like I needed that. You know, some people say, well, that was your rock bottom, right? That's what happened yeah. to where you woke up. Yeah. And so if that was, that's okay. It was a little, yeah. it was a blessing in disguise. So for sure. I love that. Very well said, Max. Um, I, you know, I'll tell my clients all the time that life happens for us. We may not know it in the moment, but that's really, it happened for you because it did, it changed the course. And like you said about your wife, Kenzie, that she even dug deep and had to learn some yeah. things and do the work and, and that says a lot about her. So a shout out to her that she was willing to not only say, Hey, I support you, but I'm going to do my own work. I'm going to figure out what's going on here so we can be a team in this and we're going to fight together. I mean, I can imagine how good that felt to hear her say, Hey, I'm going to fight with you. Wow. I mean, that just gave me chills when you said that. Like I, I seriously, I, I went to a detox, but I was also on Suboxone too at the time on uh -huh. and off. Yeah. 
I had failed an NFL drug test. And so they put me on some, that's a whole nother story. But yeah. um, so basically when I went to um, the detox center, I, I was there for seven days and I basically had to go into rehab and go through two weeks of withdrawal. Oh, so I'm going man. through withdrawal <laughs> and I'm in a mental state that Kenzie's gone, you know, everything's ruined. And so I wouldn't talk to her. I didn't want to talk to her. I wasn't ready to hear what I thought she was going to say. I was assuming, which yeah. is one of the worst things you can do. <laughs> so right. when she said that, yeah, I got, I got chills, man. I'm like, holy cow. Like that's some, that's some amazing motivation for me. But what I found out is that motivation is temporary. Yeah. And I, I couldn't do it for somebody else. I can't do this for her. I can't do it for my kids, for my yeah. job, for my parents. When I, when I finally got to the space where I'm like, I got to do this for me because that's what I want. Yeah. And um, that, that was a turning point when I owned it and said, I got to change for me. Um, and I tell people all the time, it's the only way it works. External motivations are great. Use them. But until you get that passion inside of you and make that decision. And I, I say, you got to burn the boats, yeah. you know? which means like you just landed on shore. <laughs> you're about to go to battle burn the dang boats. That means we're not going back. Wow. It's, it's only forward from here and, and that's it. And so burning the boats is a huge thing. When I finally said, yes, burn the boats, I'll do whatever I have to do. I'll go see a, whatever, a psychiatrist, a counselor, I'll change my phone number. I'll stop suffocating my wife. And you know what yeah. I mean? Like totally changed everything, man. Beautiful. You know, I had a, I love what you just said there, Max. I, I had an opportunity to speak at the Utah State Prison to share my story. Cool. And they had a, a few inmates get up before me. And one of the inmates, when he was done sharing his story, I mean, there wasn't a dry eye in the place. He said this, he says, if you don't own your story, it owns you. And I thought, mm. wow. And I, I went up to him, I go, I'm still in that. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what you just said. You're owning it. You're burning the boats. You're like, no, we're not, we're not going back. Yeah. We're going to fight. And, and that's the beautiful thing about your story, man. You're sharing some really amazing things. I want to get to this. Uh, we're going to get to what you're doing now, but I want to talk about, so you're done playing football. And I, I, I remember in an interview that you talked about how you, you struggled. You couldn't even watch an NFL game or a college football game because I mean, that was your life. And all of a sudden now you're not doing it, but then watching it was really painful. Do you mind talking about that? Yeah. So, you know, there's a saying that you'll hear coaches or people say all the time that football has to be something you do, not who you are. Mm. Right. Yeah. Which I disagree with a little bit because okay. when you're yeah. that passionate about something and yeah. you spend that much time working at something, it becomes a big part of who you are. I don't yeah. care what you say. <laughs> and I was known and recognized as Max Hall, the quarterback, Max Hall, the winningest quarterback at BYU, Max Hall, the starting quarterback for the Cardinals. Yeah. It was my identity. Yep. When that was gone, I was lost. Like I, even though I was doing good and I was getting sober, I was lost. I didn't know who I was outside of Max Hall, the quarterback. Yeah. I'm not in the limelight anymore. I'm not playing anymore. And um, so at first that's really scary. Super, super scary. I don't know what's next for me, Yeah. but I tell people all the time, I took the direction of, Hey, I get to create a new world for me, Yeah. A, a, a new world. And 
you know, Kenzie used to say like, I want, I want the old Max back, but yeah. we found out very quick that we're not getting the old Max back. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. things happen to us in life. We have to adapt and change. So I got to create a new me in a new world. Max, the, the, the husband, the father, Max, the football coach, the mentor, Max, the, uh, I'm on a podcast. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I'm opening up this recovery thing. And so I got to create this new setting for me. Yeah. And I find something that I'm passionate about. So I'm doing two things right now that I'm passionate about. I love coaching football, mentoring kids yeah. and helping people overcome their, their addictions and their trials that they're going through. And that having that keeps me sober, it keeps me excited. It keeps yeah. me doing well because I'm passionate about what I'm doing every day. Um, but uh, so, I, I mean, I tell people that's what you have to find that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had to let go of Max, the quarterback, because that first year out, I'm watching NFL games. Oh. Like I should still be playing. Right. You know? Man. And so it was sickening to me that all that happened to me. For and sure. um, so I, I had some resent and some, yeah. some issues that I had to work through there and now I'm fine, but yeah, I couldn't watch a game. It was yeah, too hard. And, and that makes a lot of sense. And I think anyone knowing you would go, yeah, I get why that would be a, a battle because you, you did, I mean, you were known, you know, for your toughness. And uh, that was one of the things I always admired as a fan from sitting from the sidelines is just how tough you were, you know, and anyone who knows you, whether they like you or not, because, uh, as a football player, especially yeah. here in Utah, you probably had half and half, <laughs> but no one would argue your toughness. And uh, I always admired that about you. And now you're taking that same toughness, what I'm hearing, and you're putting it in this direction. I say this a lot, Max, uh, to my clients, if you master the first 11 steps of AA, you'll drink it and use again. If you master step 12, you'll never touch another drop or use. Yeah. And step 12 is doing exactly what you're doing. You're giving back, you're helping other people. And so let's talk about that. You've, you've got a, a recovery center called Victory Recovery. Yeah. It's in Arizona, correct? Correct. So talk yeah. about that and what that's all about. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate what you said about me. And, and you know, I want to throw in yeah. here real quick. Um, you know, I, I had to learn, just like you said, how to take some of those lessons I learned in football about toughness and integrity and discipline uh -huh. and hard work and all that and use it in a different area in my life. And so that yeah. was really cool, you know, for me making that transition. But yeah. Um, so but yeah, so now, you know, um, I struggled and people were always wanting me to talk and be on podcasts. And I, <laughs> I had some anxiety with that and I was struggling with it. Mm -hmm. and was even kind of turning people down at first because I had zero self-confidence wow. in, in telling my story and um, putting myself out there. You know, I, I was still worried about being judged and, and being made fun of. And I still get comments all the time. And sure, I bet. now I just laugh at it and I'm like, <laughs> buddy, what's going on in your life? Like, how can I help you? You know, like, and yeah, like you're still doing this. I mean, come on, yeah. it's time to move on. Right? Yeah. But you know what, you know, you brought up like BYU and Utah fans. It's been really cool that I've been back to Provo a few times mm -hmm. and not just BYU fans, but Utah fans have mm -hmm. cheered for me, have come up and take pictures, have said, Max, we respect you. You know, I, I didn't like you as a player when you were here, but I respect what you've been through and right. we love you now. And yeah. and that's, that's really awesome. cool that, that yeah. people can see that there's things bigger than just this. BYU Utah rivalry. So right. that's been awesome. So, um, I, so I started gaining a little momentum and I started this podcast, which I did not want to do. I did a <laughs> podcast with Brock Bevel who has chasing the vase. He uh -huh. bugged me for like a month and I'm finally <laughs> like, okay, let's do it. 
a week after that, he goes, Max, let's start our own podcast. And I go, no, I, that's <laughs> not me, dude. Like I can't, I like, I can barely get through one. How am I supposed to do this once or twice a week? There's no way. <laughs> and then that void, that little thing inside me said, yeah. I got to start doing it. I got to start yeah. putting myself out there. I got to, I got to work on my anxiety. And the only way I'm going to be able to do that is to go try it. And so the podcast kind of took off a little bit. And then Brock comes to me and says, Hey, what's our next step? How can we really help people? And I said, what do you think? And he goes, let's open up our own recovery center. Man. And I said, what does that look like though? You <laughs> know, like, so we talked about doing an inpatient and outpatient and what we decided to do, what Brock and I are really good at is coaching you on how to get sober and stay sober. Yeah. You know, we're not, I'm not a licensed therapist or anything, yeah. but through my experience, I can help you because yeah. if you think about it, if I'm an addict, would I rather talk to a counselor who's never had an addiction problem right? or somebody who's gone through it and come out the other side? And when I met that person in my recovery, it opened me up. Yeah. And so we feel like we can just have a connection with people that, that we understand. And when people, when people feel like they're not being judged, yeah. that you relate to them and that you're listening to them, it's amazing the changes that can happen. So we're good at that. And we want to help people and coach people through it. So that's why we're opening up this center. Okay. Um, we're, in, we're still in the process of opening it, but we are going to have licensed therapists to do the deep work. Yeah. Uh, we're going to, we're, we're, I'm getting together a MAP program, which is a uh, medicated assisted therapy deal, because for some people they need that. We won't get into some of my thoughts on that, but for some right. people need it and you got to sure. have it to be available. Right. And um, so I'm hoping we can, you know, we're getting the insurance thing rolling and accredited with the insurance, which is a nightmare right now. Oh, and yeah. we're having to go through all this stuff to <laughs> be able to do what we want to do. So um, it's exciting. It's nerve wracking, but we're already seeing a few people and um, we're excited to do the work, man. So um, you know, we have a little mantra of we fall, we fight, we overcome. That's our deal. And Man. we're, 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 we're gritty. And yeah. we, we, you know, we kind of have that football camaraderie type yep, of feel for sure. Cause we believe that if you have connection, if you have a team, if you have community, yep. your odds of staying sober go way up. Right. Yeah. So we we're trying to create a community, a team of people that, that we can be around and help each other and help each other through our experiences. So we're really excited to get going and we're close Yeah, we're right there. And, um, That's you awesome. know, when, when the doors open, I'll let you know, and we can go from there, but yeah, it's yeah. called victory recovery here in Mesa. And, um, if you know of anybody struggling or if you're struggling, go to our Instagram page, our website's almost done. It's going to be up this week. And so nice. we'll start having some resources for people. Nice. Yeah. And anything I can do to help you, um, you, I, you know, one thought is, you're always welcome to come up here and tour Wasatch Recovery. We've been in business here for 10 years and we're really good at, we love it. Like people like yourself who are opening up treatment centers, you know, we don't look at that as competition. We look at it, Hey, we're on the same team. And if you ever need some advice or anything like that, you're welcome to come up here and we're, we do anything we can and give you any information you need to help you in your endeavors there. So just Man, so you know. I, I appreciate that. So we'll, we, we'll set that up next time, maybe in the spring, I can get up yeah. there and I'd That'd love to come see it. And you're right. There's no company there. We don't have enough beds. We don't have enough counselors. Exactly. I mean, and, and yeah. now with the open borders and fentanyl, there's people yeah. dying left and right. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're trying to raise awareness and we're, we're, 
So next month, we're speaking to all the Mesa high schools. We're going in there and, and we're oh, doing cool. presentations and we're talking to the kids and the teachers. Nice. And I mean, a couple of weeks ago, we met with Mesa PD and, and we were educating them on fentanyl and, yeah. and the way the addict's brain works when they see them and when they're arresting them and how to, you know, because when I was arrested, they made fun of me. Yep. They took my mugshot and they sent me away. And I'm like, no one tried to help me. No yeah. one gave me a referral. No one gave me anything. And why are we not? Well, we, we have to look at this situation a little different. So um, that's and, and, you know, the other thing that I kind of want to bring up as we're talking about victory is, yeah, I went to a 90 day rehab, which was awesome. I felt great. Mm-hmm. When I got out of there about two weeks later, I fell into the worst depression of my life. Like I couldn't get off the couch. I couldn't answer the phone. I had this anxiety stuff going on. I had no aftercare. And so that's part of what we want to do. Hey, if you you go to Wasatch or whatever, and then you come back to Arizona, let us take care of your aftercare. Let us keep rolling. Yeah. Um, Let's avoid that early relapse that a lot of people have and be with us forever if you want. Forever. Yeah. So that's kind of our niche. What we're trying to do is take care of people, you know, their aftercare and create that community. So I love that. Well, that sounds amazing. And I'm so excited that you guys are doing that. And it's going to be great. You're going to help a lot of people. You know, I have a question about coaching. I know uh, you love coaching, obviously. What What's your favorite part? I know it's a big question because there's probably a lot of parts. But what's your favorite part about being a coach? Watching watching young men be successful mm. in, in, yeah. in every way, you know, yeah. on the field, off the field, helping prepare them for missions or for college or for jobs or family being husbands and fathers and you know what i mean like totally that's what's awesome about it we play a high level of football we have some of the best coaches that you can find and um we we take that serious but at the same time it's not the most important thing in high school and that's what i love about it it's the purest form of the sport and it's still about team and it's about hard work and, and coming together and all that stuff and then when I have kids come sit in my office and they tell me about their struggles and what they're going through and I yeah. can give advice and, and help. I mean, it's, it's, it's a very fulfilling and rewarding job being able to coach kids on and off the field. So mm-hmm. I fell in love with it, man. I, yeah. I, I will do it the rest of my life. I will die on the football field, probably <laughs> coaching. Yeah. That's going to be me because I just, I just love what I do. Yeah. I love that. And I think, and you know this obviously, but because of what you went through, especially the struggles, these kids not only relate with you as a football player, but they relate to you in their struggle. Like, Hey, coach, coach Hall has been through some tough times and he's overcome it. I'm struggling. I feel comfortable talking to him and he will give me some advice. So you're obviously not just coaching them as football players, but you're coaching them to be men and to be good men. Right. Exactly. And it's, it's so rewarding when a kid opens up to you and you're able to help him. Or yeah. I'm talking to a kid about vaping and, you yeah. know, he comes in one day and says, coach, here's my vape pen. And, wow. and right there we smash it and we throw it away and we say, <laughs> okay, man, that's step one. Like, let's, let's yeah. keep going. Let's work this way. Or there's so many kids who don't have a family or don't have a dad or whatever that need a mentor. And uh, sometimes it's a grind, but it's well yeah. worth it in the end, man, for sure. Oh, I love it. That's beautiful. You know, if there's someone listening to you right now, Max, who's in a dark place, uh, they're really struggling and they're listening to you right now. You've already given some amazing advice, but what would you tell that one person right now who's in that dark place? What could you tell them that might help them right now? 
the, the first thing that they need to understand is there's other people who have been there, including mm -hmm. myself, including you, Todd. We've been there and we understand where you're at. We understand the darkness. And we're here to tell you that we climbed out of the hole and so can you. And um, there's hope in recovery. There's healing in recovery. As much as you don't want to do it, as much as you think you need that drug, as much as yeah. you think you can't live without it, there is a much more fulfilling life for you. And giving people that confidence is, is, is what it's all about for me. So you got to make the first step. Yeah. You got to make the first step. And that step is acknowledging you got a problem and being willing to do something about it. Yeah. Burn the boats at that moment. Ooh. And um, there's, uh, there's so much more to life than the way you're living. So that's what I would say, man, there is hope. Yeah. There's people that understand where you're at and there's people that can help you if you'll just let them. Yeah. Beautifully said, Max, beautifully said. If someone wants to reach out to you, Max, and maybe ask you a question or learn more about your recovery center and your podcast and all that, what would be the best place for them to, to look you up and to find that out? So right now, the best place to go is social media, either okay. Instagram or Facebook. And we're at victory recovery. AZ is our handle name. Okay. Uh, I, I said earlier, our website should be up probably by the end of the week or early next week. And that's going to be victoryrecoveryaz.org. Okay. It's going to be the website there. And, um, but uh, for right now, jump on Instagram. You can DM us, uh, ask questions. If you want to set up an appointment to come see us, we're doing it all through there till our website gets up. So Beautiful. we're still in the early stages. We are yeah. seeing people and, um, you know, at a discounted rate cash price right now till we get the insurance going, but Sure. We will never turn anybody away and we, we want to help. So reach out to us on Instagram right now. That website will be up and, but Brock and I are on that all the time. So we'll, we'll get back to you pretty quick if you get on there. So beautiful, beautiful. And I'll put all of your, you know, all those social media links in the show notes and all that stuff. So people will be able to go right to it from yeah. once we go live on this. And the, and the other thing is check out agents of recovery too on Instagram. If you're interested in listening to our podcast and doing that, we have uh, ad agents recovery and um, okay. links on there to, to the podcast. And um, I think people will really enjoy it because um, we talk about multiple subjects. It's not just always talking about drug addiction. It's right. leadership, it's communication, relationships, finding your why. I mean, everything yeah. that goes with it and um, some really good stuff. And it's raw. We don't script <laughs> it just like what we did today, Todd. Yeah. We just talk, we're right. open and, and yeah. um, it's raw. So yeah, check both those out and it, we want to help. So please reach out. Love it. Yeah. And I challenge anyone listening to this right now, especially if you're struggling, reach out to Max. Obviously, you heard his story here today. Uh, he's an amazing person. Uh, he's not only a, used to be a tough football player, but he's also a tough guy in recovery, meaning he's out there trying to make a difference and he's putting his energy in that. And it's just, it's really is inspiring, Max, to, to see what you're doing. And uh, like I said, I always admired you from a distance, like how tough you were. And, but it's, I'm even more impressed after sitting here with you today, just the, the man you are, the way you live your life. Um, again, shout out to your wife, Kenzie and your, your kids and that they're there for you too. And they've also gone through that fight with you. It's pretty cool. Mm, I appreciate you saying that, man. It's been a lot of hard work. Recovery is not easy. Yeah. You know, stopping using the substance is the easy part. <laughs> 
Yeah. The real work, the therapy, <laughs> sobriety begins yeah. once you stop using. And yeah. I had to put my head down and work mm -hmm. my butt off. And yeah. I'm proud of where I'm at. I really am. I can sit here and, and say I'm proud of it and I, I'm happy. But people need to understand there was a point in my life where I was convinced it would never happen. And, yeah. and it was over. So if you're in that place, it can happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, you just got to sure. be able to do the work. You know, I work with uh, a guy named Dustin Smith and he has quarterback elite and uh, uh -huh. especially for athletes foundation and his saying his main mantra is eyes up, do the work. And mm -hmm. what he means by that is keep your eyes up to heaven, keep yep. your eyes up to people that you can help people mm -hmm. around you that you can serve and do the work on a daily wow. basis. And um, that, that model has, has helped save me. Wow. I love that. Eyes up and do the work. Is that how eyes up, do the work, man. That's Dustin Smith. That's his saying. I don't want to take credit for that. So yeah. wow. I <laughs> shout love out that. to Dustin, man. Shout out to Dustin. Thanks Dustin for being a, a light in the world as well. Well, Max, this is beautiful. Thank you for joining us. Um, listeners. I told you we were in for a treat today. Please reach out to Max and uh, he's that kind of guy. He will help you if you're struggling. If you have a family member who's struggling, I always say this, share this episode with anyone in your family, extended family who may be struggling. Even if you don't know what it might be, this will break the ice. And then you follow up with them. Hey, did you listen to, to Max Hall's podcast? And, and when they say, yeah, go, hey, let's talk about it for a minute. And hopefully that opens the door of communication and they'll go, yeah, I need some help. And, and then you can reach out to Max. You can reach out to myself and I can, you know, lead you towards Max as well. But man, this was beautiful. I, I feel a much better person just sitting here talking to you, man. It makes me want to be a better person. And Max, you're the best. And I, I can't thank you enough for your time today. Hey, that, that means a lot. You know, thanks for having me on Todd. Anytime we should do it again sometime. Maybe we need to get you on agents or something, but yeah, um, I love creating these relationships, man. You're doing yeah. your thing. You got yeah. your recovery, you got your podcast, your counseling, like I, that attracts me, dude. So whatever we yeah. can do together in the future, if ever you need anything, yeah. let's, let's do it, man. Sounds good. Well, guys, I love you. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our sponsors. Thanks for believing in me. You guys are amazing. I love all of you until next time. sec here. How do I stop this thing? I never